the Sad Bastard. I'm your host, Dave Tarnowski, and I survived 2020. I almost didn't. December almost broke me. My birthday, the holidays, the almost total lack of sunlight, never-ending pandemic, <laughs> never-ending election. Honestly, I don't know how most of us have survived. But thankfully, things have started getting a lot better for me. Especially over the past few weeks. I finally started letting go. And letting go is so much more than I ever realized it was. It's so easy to say, let go, move on. The hard part was knowing what those words meant to me. It wasn't about letting go of my wife. It was about letting go of the belief that I could somehow change the past. Letting go of trying to control the uncontrollable. As if I could go back and fix everything if only I had the chance. That was one of the most dangerous things I ever did to myself. I was stuck in a spiral. And that spiral was me clinging to a life that no longer existed. I didn't want to live in my new reality. And I wasn't living. I was just surviving each day. I needed to stop looking back. I'm absolutely still in love with my wife, but I'm accepting that I can't be with her. And I've started to look forward started thinking about something I hadn't even been able to conceive a month ago, starting over on my own. My first major step will be moving back to New York. I know, I know, I said I hate it there and would never go back, but things change. I want to be near my family. I've gotten much closer to them than ever recently. And I'm dying to see them and hug them all again. And I want to make new friends, to have new experiences. I need more people in my life. That's what I learned from the bleakest of Decembers. None of which I could do here in D.C. I came here for my wife and now there's nothing here for me without her. And one day I'll probably move somewhere else on my own and make that place my own. But for now, going back home feels right. Plus, having people I know there will be a jump start for the next chapter of my life. And who knows, maybe I'll like it better because I like myself better. Maybe I'll do things differently because I am different. If I still hated myself, it wouldn't matter where I lived. I'd still be there. I've changed so much over the past year in so many ways I wish I had before. But I couldn't have back then. I had to go through all of that to get to this. And that's an important thing to learn and understand. It's so easy to stay stuff like, I wouldn't be where I am now if I hadn't gone through everything that led me here. 
but it's not until you go through something that completely changes your life that those words hold any weight. And sure, sometimes I still look back with regret. I will always take those trips back in time, but they're getting shorter and less painful. I can see better days on the horizon and I couldn't even imagine them a month ago. I was in the same place as Bugsy, a follower of mine who wrote to me on Instagram. For those who don't know, I do Q&A in the stories there. I ask people what's on their mind and they respond to me and then I respond to what they tell me. Some of them I save and respond to on here. Bugsy wrote, I'm so scared most of the time, I don't even know why. I was trapped in this feeling a month ago. Well, if I'm being honest with myself, I've had this feeling for years, if not most of my life. But at the beginning of the year, all I felt was fear. I was just starting to come out of the worst depression of my life. And then my mind started freaking out about everything. My anxiety shifted to the highest gear. Every thought was a worst case scenario. I was going out of my skin. It constantly felt like I was falling. Like the ground beneath me had disappeared. Whenever I get like that, I feel like jumping out the window. The fear of the unknown hits me, and I'd rather die than face it. But I resisted giving up. Instead, I reached out to my family for help, something that has never been easy for me to do. They reminded me that I wasn't all alone in this world, even if it was all I was feeling. It was so easy for me to lose sight of that being marooned out here. I had been so busy missing my ex, I had lost sight of how much I missed everyone else. How absolutely devastatingly alone I felt. I can say without a doubt that my family saved my life. Well, them and psych meds. brings me to another submission I received on Instagram. Carol wrote, thinking about going on Prozac. I know I need something, but I'm terrified. I get that, Carol, completely. Prozac was the first psych med I took, and it totally wasn't right for me. The side effects were terrible, and it did the opposite of what it needed to do but I stuck with it for over a year because I believed it would work because I didn't know better and I only got worse and worse. Then last April I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and finally started treating the problem correctly. It took nine months but I think I finally found the right combination of meds for me. Amygdala mood stabilizer, Wellbutrin, an antidepressant, and most recently Buspar, an anti-anxiety med 
thus far has been a revelation. It's done wonders to help me not feel afraid all the time. Before that, I was taking Xanax for anxiety, but it was hurting far more than helping. It helped my anxiety in the moment, but it worsened my depression. Since getting on bus par, the constant negative thoughts and irrational fears have been toned down, and it may have played a big part in letting go and moving on. At first I wasn't sure if it was helping or hurting me. During the first couple of weeks on bus par, my dreams were super crazy. Anxiety dreams that often involved my ex, and I'd always spiral a bit after waking from them. But then something shifted in my brain after a couple of weeks, and things started getting better. Carol, the first couple of weeks on any psych med can be tough. Your body needs to adjust to them. This is something you need to know. And not every medication is right for you. What works for one person can make another person worse. And yes, it can be absolutely terrifying. You're taking something you have no idea how your mind will react to. But for me, the risk has been worth the reward. So I hope Prozac works for you. But if it doesn't, try something else. Work with your doctor until you find what's right for you. The whole process can be very long and frustrating. But remember to speak up. Only you can tell if something is helping you or hurting you. If it doesn't feel right, say so. You have to be your own advocate. It took me a long time to figure that out. Next up is Hussein, who wrote, I'll get straight to it. What's the meaning and purpose of life? Well, that's a real simple one, isn't it? <laughs> a therapist my ex and I used to see always said, the meaning and purpose of life is to have love and compassion for yourself and others. Of course, it's not always easy. We make mistakes and hate ourselves for them. People disappoint us. Life can be stressful or mundane, especially these days. And sometimes it's hard to feel love and compassion at all. It's hard not to feel fear and contempt, self-loathing. These things are all easy to do. But we all want love and compassion. So why don't we give them that much? And not just to others, but to ourselves. I've been working on that for a while now. I want to be seen and accepted for the sensitive soul I have. And I want others to feel seen by me. I don't think I would have learned any of this without my ex. I hate that I didn't put it into practice enough to save us. But then... That right there is the opposite of self-compassion. I've been working on forgiving myself, loving myself, seeing myself and my life as more than the sum of all of my bad decisions, because I've also made a lot of good decisions. It's so easy to only see the bad, 
especially when you're feeling bad about yourself. And it's in those moments when we need to love ourselves the most. We are doing the best we can to get through this life, even when we fuck up, even when we do shitty things. The shitty things I've done don't make me a piece of shit. Not if I learn from them and work on being better in the future. And a large part of that is being vulnerable and open and honest. No one can see you if you're hiding. The most beautiful thing I find about doing the Q&As on Instagram is that people open up to me and say things they've never told anyone before. That they entrust me with those things. I love this community I've created. It's like a huge support group. And I'm happy to be able to practice having love and compassion for myself and others through my responses. Speaking of self-compassion, Ryan wrote in that he's feeling the continuing drumbeat of mediocrity and a feeling of a complete lack of talent. I get that way a lot, Ryan. The fear. Where is this all going? What point does my life have if I'm just coasting through it? Just getting through each day, not living through them. Pretty much most of what I've been doing for many months is waiting. My apartment feels like purgatory. By this point, I've binged more shows than I could count. Sure, I've been enjoying some quality television, but mostly it's been an act of distracting myself from myself, from the harsh reality of my existence. And I know I'm not alone in doing that exact thing, but I've also been avoiding creating anything. Writing a script is the first time I've written something in two months. I haven't even memed that much. I've been wanted to. I feel pretty much done with that medium, but also kind of trapped in it. It's largely how I get people to listen to this podcast, the exposure, all the followers that I have. And I want people to listen to this. I want to keep making this podcast, and I want to do more stuff beyond this. But I get stuck when it's something new. I freeze up. It's scary and uncomfortable. I've never been good at stepping out of my comfort zone. Which is a very, very tiny zone. I always tell myself I don't know how to do something. And therefore I never will. Everything is completely daunting until you start doing it. And you get better at it by doing it again and again. It's a practice. And like they say about a practice, it's never over. You just keep practicing. None of us were born knowing how to do any of the things we do. We all had to take that first tentative step, going all the way back to our actual first step. But when it comes to creating, it's even more daunting 
because there's the audience. What will they think? Will they like what I make? What if they don't? What if they hate it? What if I feel like an idiot for not being good at something? Well, all of that will happen. When I look back at my early memes, for instance, I cringe. They're absolutely terrible. The worst ones I make today are a thousand times better than the best ones I made back then. And sure, not everything is going to be a hit. But I'm obsessing over that far less now. And there's a beauty in that. Just making stuff for the sheer enjoyment of creating. Not for what others will think. me a long time to get to this point, just as it took me a long time to take time for myself, to not worry about constantly churning out content. The only way to get better at something is to do it, but that also applies to deciding not to do it when you don't feel it. Both take discipline. Consciously not doing something is doing something. You're giving yourself a break. You have to listen to what your body or your mind or both are telling you. Sometimes screaming at you. It's like we're all trained to be machines. That if we don't constantly do, 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 we have no value. And sure, there's the shots of dopamine that come from positive attention, from feeling good at something. And feeling mediocre is the exact opposite of that. It plays on anxiety and depression and fear. It makes you not want to do the things you love. I always think of my old fiction writing professor and his sage advice that I will repeat over and over and over again. Allow yourself to suck. It took me a very long time to truly grasp the meaning of that. To truly learn the lesson. And it can be applied to every facet of life. Not just making things. A broken relationship, for instance. That can leave you feeling mediocre. Like a failure. You get stuck and think... If only I had done things differently. But you can't. You couldn't have. You can only do them again. And again. And that's allowing yourself to suck. Okay, so you fucked up. Learn from it. So next time you won't fuck up as much. Or you'll fuck up in a different way. And you'll learn from that. In the end, we all wind up in the same place. So, Ryan, be mediocre. Lean into it. It's the only way you're going to learn how to be good. Or at least better. Good is not a stopping point. Nor is shitty. But being perfect is impossible. At some point you have to stop worrying about being perfect. It's self-defeating, 
telling yourself something has to be perfect. Making something shitty is far better than not even trying. Of fearing that it won't be good anyway, so fuck it. This episode, for instance. As I'm writing this, I'm convinced it's going to be the worst episode ever. I haven't done this in a while, and I'm just coming out of an incredibly dark period. So I'm rusty. And I know it's definitely not going to be the best. But it's the best I can do right now. I'm allowing myself to suck. I'll do better next time. I mean, hopefully. (laughs) You never know. You just have to keep doing it. Next up is Donatella, who wrote, Can't remember the last time I felt good. Do you think there's a solution for everything? Well, I used to think drugs were the solution. Booze, weed, pills those only made things worse. They shoved my unhappiness aside, while also fucking with my brain so I became even more miserable. And that's the problem when sweeping things under the rug. After a while you have a huge fucking lump of things under that rug that you just can't avoid anymore. Creating is a solution, as I was just talking about with Ryan. There's a lot of unhappiness mixed in with the bursts of joy that come from making something good. Frustration. Disappointment. I do not recommend being any kind of artist if you want to feel happy most of the time. Talking things out with a therapist or friends or family can certainly help the unhappiness. You have to share to feel less alone. The burdens you carry are not unique. Sure, they're your own, and your own experience is unique. But it's not like no one has ever experienced the things you're going through before. Unhappiness is as universal as breathing. Life is suffering. Moments of joy come and go. I mean, think about it. Do you know anyone who is happy all the time? And if so, what drugs are they taking? So no, I don't think there's one solution for unhappiness. It's always going to be there. You have to find what soothes you. What brings you moments of joy that make the moments of misery tolerable. Next up is Pless who wrote, Falling very hard for someone, but I'm terrified of getting hurt. Getting hurt is a risk you have to take when you fall in love. You're handing someone your fragile heart and hoping they won't break it. But if the risk weren't worth the reward, no one would do it. No one wants to feel the pain of loss, but it's part of the package. Love will fucking break your heart, This person you're falling for becomes your every waking thought and every dream. And no one could live up to that forever. Getting hurt is a part of every relationship ever. 
whether it's a friend, a family member, a partner, we are never always going to be on the same page. We are going to argue, fight, get annoyed with each other, do things the other person doesn't like. So far in my life, every romantic relationship I've been in has ended in heartbreak. Every single one. I've felt an incredible amount of pain throughout my life. From my first girlfriend dumping me, all the way through the loss of the woman who was my partner for the last seven years. It absolutely fucking sucks, that misery. I'd rather have a broken leg than a broken heart. But you know what? Eventually I'm going to go and do it again. I'm going to find someone fall in love. Even though statistically I know the odds are I'm going to get my heart broken and or break their heart. But I'm happy I took those risks and got to be with everyone I was lucky enough to love and be loved by. The pain of losing them came from the joy of being with them. So don't be terrified of the end at the beginning. Try to enjoy the feeling without dreading its absence. And last but definitely not least, Mika wrote in, I miss hugging people. Mika, I am fucking dying for a hug. Literally dying. Okay, maybe not literally. But I truly don't know how much longer I can go without physical touch one of my biggest love languages, and it's one of the many things I took for granted before the pandemic, let alone before my wife and I broke up. I miss cuddling. I miss having her head on my chest and my arms around her. Touching is bonding. It's closeness. It's a feeling of belonging sense of safety. You truly are not alone. When it's gone, and all you have is yourself, it makes isolation so much worse. So here's to the shit passing so we can all get back to being very close to each other. Let's make it awkward. Let's kiss our friends on the lips. Let's hold each other for way too long. Let's be vulnerable. We all deserve a do-over for this past motherfucker of a year. Let's make the most of it. Let's not just sink back into the old routines we had. Let's learn from this shared experience and come out on the other side of it as better people and be better to each other. Well, that's all I've got for this week. Thanks very much for listening and for sticking with me. Now the usual stuff. Please subscribe to this podcast. Rate, review, share, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and of course, also follow me on Instagram if you don't already. Nick Cave and the Bad Memes, Sad Peaks, Don Trooper, Mimi Bridgers, and the Sad Bastard Pod. 
on the cave and the bad memes and sad peaks, I do the Q&As where you can tell me what's on your mind and I might use them to respond to on future episodes. I'll be back next week. Until then, take care of yourselves, be good to yourselves, and allow yourselves to suck. It's the only way you'll ever be able to get better. Taking me down, my friend As they usher me off to my end Will I bid you adieu? Will I be seeing you soon? What they say around here is true Then we